Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, We are so happy you decided to join us today. Um, Before we jump in, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. It is so easy to set up and break down. I think that's what makes it so handy to use and why I'm basically using it every day at practice. Um, Mention Coach Unplugged and they'll give you $400. You said that right, $400 off your next purchase. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It's the one-stop shop for basketball coaches. It is run by a basketball coach for basketball coaches at any level. Um, It's... uh, it, you're not going to find anything out there and it's got a 14 day free trial. We believe in it so much. We want you to join. We want you to come and kick the tires around. If it's not for you, it's not for you. Um, but I can tell you people love it. I can tell you that people do not want to leave, uh, go over and check it out. And it's got everything from clinics to videos, to, to, uh, me talking to lessons, to courses, to handouts, to practice planning, to parenting, to whatever you need as a basketball coach, it's got it in there. Also go over and check out our other podcasts, High School Hoops, 5-Minute Basketball Coaching Podcast, Funnel Down Defense, and leave a five-star review. We'd love those. All right, let's head off to the podcast. So, Coach, I'm going to have you introduce yourself um, and kind of tell your basketball journey, um, and then we'll we'll dive into – I have lots of questions about the offense you run and, and your school that you're at and all those kind of things. So, Coach Jennings, I'm going to have you introduce yourself and kind of just tell the people – kind of where you started and how you ended up where you are right now and all that kind of stuff in between. Cause I think it's really important for people to know people's story. That's why I've, all my podcasts I've started this way recently in the last year or so. Um, Cause it's been one of my things I've been talking to my, my teams about It's like, no one really knows another person's story unless they yeah. take the time to find it out and they might yeah, be having absolutely. a bad day and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah. yeah, go ahead coach. My name is Aaron Jennings. I'm the men's head basketball coach at Mount Mercy University. Um, I've been the men's head coach here for five years. Um, 
but I, I mean, I grew up Cedar Rapids, Iowa, it's kind of right in the middle of the state. I grew up about 20 minutes outside of town, small town of Atkins. Um, you know, when I was there, less than a thousand people, you know, went to Bent Community High School. So it was like seven small towns that all went, drove to this high school. Um, you know, played there, graduated in 99, and then was recruited um, to Northwestern University by Kevin O'Neill. And so, oh God, I went, yeah, I did. Kevin O'Neill, yep, Kevin O'Neill, so, Marquette guy, yes, yeah. after Marquette, Tennessee, USC. Um, you know, he's he was in the NBA. He was head coach of the Raptors for one year. You know, so um, yeah, it's the Kevin coaching. O'Neill. That's the, the, the I always tell the young coaches if you want to get in the college game buy some suitcases yeah because absolutely yeah. there's only one coach k there's, yeah you know yeah. even look at Calipari, or, or yeah so. yeah there aren't many of those like yeah. you know you got to be like a, you know and i like buzz buzz is at virginia tech yeah, right absolutely. now yeah. no buzz is at no texas, texas down in, he's at texas, texas a&m, a&M. Yep, absolutely. but i mean look at him it's like buzz is a great guy but you, yeah. you have to jump around your yeah, life expectancy is so. like five years yeah but so the so. good ones what they do is they stay four or five and then they jump ship yeah before they well, get I'm hoping to change that a little bit. I've been here quite a while, so yeah. Yes. So, but the big boys, but, I think it's a, it's almost a money thing, like selling tickets. Yep. It's like they yeah. need. Yeah. Well, if somebody's going to give me one of those contracts, you know, I'll maybe <laughs> maybe move on a little bit. You so. take one of those. <laughs> yeah, you take absolutely. One of those big ones. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but Kevin O'Neill recruited me, played for him for one year, um, and then he left. He went to the NBA. He was an assistant, and uh, Bill Carmody came in. You know, and he came in from Princeton. And so I played for him for three years, sophomore, junior, senior year. Um, after that, I thought, I mean, I'm 6'11". I'm a big guy as a post. You know, I could step outside and shoot a little bit. Carmody came in and taught me that. Um, Do you think I your game fit his style? No, not initially. O'Neal, okay. O'Neal recruited me, you know, in high school. I think I shot two threes in the same game because we were, you know, ahead by 40. And I made one and missed one. You know, probably right. made one and airballed one. Um but then Carmody came in and kind of every year, just, you know, my sophomore year, I maybe shot 25 threes and then junior year 50. And then by the time I was a senior, I shot 75 or 80, you know, okay. so it just kind of developed. Um, but then I thought, okay, I'm going to, I want to be a professional. I wanted to be a professional for as long as time. I wasn't good enough to play in the NBA, uh, wanted to, you know, but I wasn't right. that level of player. And so I thought, okay, I'll go overseas and play for 10 years and then get into coaching. I always wanted to get into coaching, right. but I thought right. we'll play professionally first. And so, okay. Um, went to Croatia briefly, um, got hurt, had to come home. Uh, while I was home rehabbing, trying to get healthy, I helped coach at my high school. My brother was a senior, not at the time, but now my brother-in-law was a junior. He was our best player. And so I helped okay. out at my high school for one year. Um, and then I uh, got picked up where I played for uh, the River Cedar Rapids River Raiders. They were a semi-pro team here in okay. town. Um and then played for them for maybe a month and a half, two months. But once again, couldn't get healthy. I couldn't train hard enough and long enough. I wasn't a natural, just gifted athlete or anything. Right. I was tall, you know, and right. somewhat skilled. And so, um, but I just couldn't stay healthy. And I just kind of decided that it was time to stop beating on my body, you know, and get into was coaching. It knees? Was it knees? Well, knees, shins, back, everything at different times. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. If you want to be a pro, you have to work at it and work at it you know, they're going to pay you to play basketball, you know, or whatever. Right. Um, I always say I'm lucky enough. They're paying me to coach. That's a pretty special thing. Right. Um, but paying you to play basketball, even you have to do it 30, 40, 50 hours a week. Do you think you played too much as a, as a kid? Nope, not at all. Okay. I just think okay. that just, 
just just my body just kind of no, broke I, down. So, I, here, you know, I have so. a theory I have a theory with the bigger bodies yeah that I think sometimes and all my big guys have had some a little bit of issues later like yeah. professionally and stuff just it's like I wish we could just back off the summer a little bit I think yeah. those, I, I think a body I, your size I I was meant to pound that much yeah. over, over and over and yeah. over again and I think I was playing a little bit before it AAU stuff just went crazy. Right. You know, we played, we played in some AAU, you know, we played in Iowa, you know, state tournament okay. and we went to different places, yeah. but I wasn't playing 60, 70 games in a summer. I know. You know and that's what these like big, bo- some of these big bodies are doing that right now. It's like, yeah. you guys, it's, you have a fine, there's only so much in the tank. Yes, absolutely. When so, you're 6'10 yeah, and it's so, like, yeah. eventually something's going to gear a hip's going to give or like, yeah. you know, I so, don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel good now and I still can get out there and play with my guys now and I'm good with my, you know, but it's uh, not as much. And, you know, I just shoot now. Don't play <laughs> I know, it's like, defense, but I, yeah. I tell them I'll beat you in a game of horse. I'll beat yeah, them. Absolutely. All. And I will every once in a while. I have to do that to them. So <laughs> put them back, you know, knock them off the pedals. Still yes. So, yes. Um, but then, you know, so then after that, I, Mount Mercy is right here in Cedar Rapids. So like I said, I was when I was trying to get healthy, I I'd had some AU friends that played here. I had a high school friend that played here. And so I would be up here. I'd play in open gyms and stuff like that. And so I just got to know Paul Gavin, the head men's coach here. And then I just, I think when I stopped playing, I said, Hey, I want to get into coaching. And at the time he had an, you know, assistant, you know, part-time assistant. Um, but I said, sure, I always need help, you know, and once again, I played, I played basketball and at a high level and so he said sure and then like a week or 10 days later the assistant got a head job moved right. on and so i just kind of slid right into the top assistant job or the money you know the, the small amount of money that it was right. and so then it you know that just kind of moved forward so i got kind of lucky being in the right place at the right time and so then i was i was his assistant for four years and learned so much and you know it was very different than you know coach o'neill and coach carmody um, but then I was ready to be a head coach. I mean, I was ready to move on. I, I didn't want to, when I was an assistant coach, I worked on a farm for a few years. I drove a truck, delivered car parts and right, brakes right. and tires and stuff, you know, but I just wanted to coach. And right, so, right. um, the women's job here at Mount Mercy opened up and, you know, I'd never thought about coaching women before. Um, and I started, I kind of called around and talked to some people. Well, if I start coaching women, will I ever be able to jump back or what's it like, you know, kind of thing. And what answer did you get on that? And they all said, if you can coach, you can coach. If you can, if you can coach women, you can coach men. If you can coach men, you can coach women. Like if you, it's, it's more about like your personality, your style. It's more about connecting with the players. Right. Um, and so I, so I applied for the job, you know, and I was one of the three finalists and then I ended up getting the job. Um, and it was awesome. You know, I just kind of immediately from day one, you know, the, the women's team, had seen me as the men's assistant and they had seen kind of all the workouts that I did with them being in the weight room with them kind of, and even back then playing with them a lot more. And so they kind of saw that work for me, even though I was part-time, I was here every day, you know, doing the stuff with the men's team as the assistant. And so I just kind of, um, when I became the women's coach, I just worked to connect with them. I worked to earn their trust. Um, and I, I kind of always said that, you know, you want, players to run through a brick wall for you but you have to show that you're going to run through a brick wall for them right and so that's just kind of what I did I just worked on connecting with the players and putting in the work and telling them that I'm going to put in the work and you're going to put in the work and we're going to do this together 
It's, and, I'm telling you, it I tell all the young coaches, it's not the X's and O's are important. Yeah. So you can find out all the X's and O's yeah, in the world. Then right now it's like, look at all the books. I used to have to look this yeah. stuff up or buy DVDs or VHS tapes. There's, yeah. You can find anything you want now, but if you don't yeah. connect with them, they're not going to, yeah. you're right. It, it does not matter. It, I mean, I, I believe in the Princeton offense. We run the Princeton offense, but it does not matter. I mean, right. you could, it, it, you could pick any system and if you b- get your players to believe in it and you believe, and if you believe in it, you get your players to believe in it. Um, and you need some talent, right? Um, but you can, that but helps. you could create winning, you know, there, and so, there's two types of coaches. Yeah, so, coach. There's coaches with players and ex coaches. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. Absolutely. So <laughs> I, but, but I was, the, yeah, but I was the women's coach for seven years, just amazing. And so, so just so many connections and so many, you know, great things. And then, but then, um, Paul Gavin, the coach that I was his assistant, he actually, he got hired as our athletic director. And so the school said, um, you know, some coaches have ADs and coaches be the same thing, but the school said, no, we just want you to be the AD. And so they kind of came to me and said, would you like to move over? Would you like to move over to the men's side? And thought a lot about it um, and decided to do it just kind of as another challenge. Right. Um, I kind of thought of it and I'm not looking to leave at all, but I kind of thought about like on the women's side, you're competing against both male and female for other jobs, potentially, you know, moving around the country and on the men's side, you're only competing for the most part against men. So, you know, so so that was just one of the things that, um, it was just another challenge and it was something like people, you know, I've had people say, Oh, congratulations, you know, or, you know, almost like it was a step up and I never looked at it like that. Like I, I mean, I'm a head coach, blessed to be a head coach. Um, like coaching the women. So, the so tell me, awesome. tell me, tell me the similarities and the differences between the two, especially well, at the collegiate level. Yeah, I think um, is recruiting. The, uh, no, I think one of the biggest differences is the girls trusted me a lot sooner. You know, the girl and the girls. Uh, once again, they. You know, if I tell them to do something, if we'd run a drill or we'd run this as an offense, whatever, um, they they'd believe it. They'd do it. You know, on the guy's side, we say, do this or do that. And they're kind of, they look at you sometimes like, well, I already know what I'm doing. You know, I don't, what, what do I need you for? You know, right, just right. Give, give me the ball coach, you know? Right. And um, with the girls, it wasn't quite that same way. But what I've know. noticed, what I noticed with my niece who, who got recruited and, and dealing with guys being recruited, I almost think the girls look at the school first. Yeah. And sometimes the boys look at the basketball. Yeah. First. Yeah. Um, um, and again, think, not stereotyping in any yeah. in any stretch, but that's just the experience I've had. Um, Here at Mount Mercy, we're such a like we have an awesome nursing program, awesome education, you know, right. program, and so that attracted a lot of you know of you know the female athletes and things like that. Right. Um, but you know, we've got close to forty majors, you know, and so I think it's just a matter of I'm trying to find those players, just like a lot of coaches that are going to take both seriously. Right. Because so, so, yeah, we say yeah. all the time, you don't get to be an athlete without being a student. No. So. so tell me, what division are you? NAIA. NAIA. And what division? Well, I know they're going to well, one. Yeah, we, division one right now. So when we joined the Heart of America three or four or five years, four years ago, we went division one. We were division two before that when we were the old MCC. Okay. So um, I know you had Coach Blaine, Jim Blaine on from yeah. Clark a couple He's years great ago. You know, so we're in the same conference. Coach okay. is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. He he's so. a great guy. He, he, I remember his state tournament team. He was a great guy. Um, so tell me about your school. 
Where is it located? You know, what? Yeah. So Mount Mercy is kind of in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. So Cedar Rapids is the second biggest city in Iowa. You know, there's about 180,000 people kind of in the general area, Marion, Hiawatha. Uh, yep. Mount Mercy is kind of up on a hill. So Mount Mercy, it's actually, if you go to the top of one of our dorms, it's kind of the highest point in Cedar Rapids. I think they, they advertise that on the campus tour. And so <laughs> liberal arts school, Catholic institution, okay. um, you know, about 40 majors. Um, you know, we have close to 500 student athletes. And okay. so, um, you know, our basketball team, we have between 30 and 35 players, you know, running varsity, um, kind of reserve varsity, JV programs, all of that kind of stuff. And so, um, you know, just a, you know, I've been here a long time, you know, four years assistant, seven years, you know, women's coach five and now, years now. now so. Were you limited? I forgot what Jim's, you guys limited like the eight scholarships. Is that change? Is, is Cause so, you guys are all going to one group, right? I think. Yeah. So before the division NAI division one had 11 and okay. NAI division two had six. Um, and now we're all going to one division. It's going down to eight. And I heard you talking to Jim. Um, but the thing about it is the, in the NAI, you get these exemptions. If you have smart students, like you can take their money and cut it in half, or even if they're, if they're really smart it counts as zero. So you could give a kid a full ride, but if he's a 4.0 student, it doesn't, you doesn't go towards your scholarship limit. The same thing with you. If you get multi-sport athletes, like if you have a basketball player and then he runs track as well, then right. each, each sport takes half of his money. So then you have ways to kind of play around that. And so honestly, the number doesn't matter that much because coaches and schools can figure out how to kind of wiggle and, you know, get, get whatever they want out of it. Right. So the, the, yeah. The sticker isn't always what you pay. That's yes, absolutely. Like, so <laughs> I always tell people that it's amazing on that. Um, okay. So um, the hundred, what'd you say? 180,000. So that's a pretty big area. Oh yeah. Cedar Rapids is, you know, Des Moines is the capital. Des Moines is the biggest city, but yeah, Cedar Rapids is the second biggest so city. So what's your recruiting? How far, how far do you really, I mean, that always intrigues me how far your recruiting window is. Yeah. I would say there's, we got about half of our players, like I said, total varsity, you know, all levels 30 to 35, about half are from Iowa and then about half aren't. And so where do the rest come from? Well, a lot of Illinois, we recruit the junior colleges really heavily. We get quite a few transfers, you know, okay. every year. I've got I mean, my best transfer actually this year is coming in from Milwaukee. We're really excited about him. Okay. We've got a player from Germany, Australia. I got a kid coming in from Sweden, hopefully with okay. COVID, who knows? Oh yeah. Um, you know, let's hope um, you have a season. Yeah. So, but when, yeah. when I was on the women's side, my best point guard ever was, or one of them, I guess at first was from Chile. And so, okay. you know, like you get players from all over. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and, and uh, it's uh, like I was telling you, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting recruiting window that you guys yeah. have. It's yeah. so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that we've got a, but I think on our side and I just kind of, I continued this from the previous men's coach on the women's side, I recruited a lot more freshmen bringing them in um, on the men's side, we recruit a lot more transfers. And so we are kind of trying to balance that out between bringing in transfers that are ready to play right away, kind of understand college basketball, you know, and then trying to get some freshmen that maybe they're ready right away. There's some that are going to develop and then some that are coming in and just want to be a part of the team. Right. I, I tell you the difference. I think that I think there's a bigger difference in college than there is in high school. I think the difference between yeah. a 14 and an 18 year old and the difference between an Absolutely. 18 and a 22 year old. Yeah. I think there's absolutely. A, there's a bigger like you are a man by the time yep, you're absolutely. 22. Yes, absolutely. And going through yeah, going just going through college, going through that competition every single day, right? You know, in any sport. Well, and it's the know, way it's it's more the the contained yeah. environment. Yeah. 
They're not like, yeah. you know, the really good athletes play in five different sports. You know, they're not doing all which they should do. I, I don't, no, I, I don't love think it. They, yeah. I Absolutely. Love yes. I want them. I want, I want to recruit. And I've heard other coaches say this. I've heard like football coaches say this. Um, but I want to find players that played multiple sports oh, yeah. you know, that have so, you know, that are involved in different things. We've got a couple guys on our team that are in the choir and, you know, or different things like that. You want players. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That are well-rounded. And right, and I'm telling you, the the every Division One, I've I've got guys in the NFL. Every time yep. the college coaches came in and looked at them, they they yep. came to their basketball practice too, so, because they yeah. liked that they're competitors and they liked that they weren't the star yep. of mm-hmm. the basketball team, quote unquote, but. They were playing because they yeah. were competitors. Yeah. They wanted to win. They, you know. Um, and I think they'll be healthier too. I think if you be. find a player, if you right now in this a in, in in this cycle of AAU club everything else, if you play one sport all year long from sixth and seventh grade, you're going to get hurt. Your body is going to break down. And no, so, I've I've read the research things. on this. Yeah, the, absolutely. The, the research basically says you're not, you should, until you're in mid, late middle school, you should do as many sports because you're, you're yeah. doing different motor skills. Yep, absolutely. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and you're learning to think and, you know, yeah, you're using different muscles for different sports and everything else. So and I've all, said this, I've said this in the podcast before, Wesley, who's like playing for the Bucks, and he's like, yep. he, he was a first team All-State soccer player. I swear to God, he sees <laughs> the court the way he does on the yep. basketball because he played soccer. Absolutely. Yep. Because so, his footwork was better. He saw the court better. I mean, all of those things. And he was obviously a I think really good St- soccer Didn't Steve Nash always say that? You know, he was always, you know, he was so, he was so good. You know, you remember watching some of the dunk contests or something like that where he would kick the ball with his feet or hit it with his head or something, right. pass it to a teammate or something. Yeah. You know, just having, being skilled in different things is a good thing. How did so, that guy play me? I mean, yeah. swear to God. he's amazing. He's yeah, amazing. So much fun. Yes, absolutely. It's like there's a, you know, he, the, the king of the floater because he, yep, absolutely. He couldn't get it over someone like you, but he could yep. oh, get yeah. it off before you could block it. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, all right. So let's, let's talk at the Princeton offense a little bit. So let's say I know nothing about the Princeton offense. Yep. So, yeah. I would say that you would start simple. You know, the Princeton is kind of known for spacing the floor, um, shooting a lot of threes and going back door. Right. Okay. And I would say maybe even going back door is the very first thing that that's, would, I think that's what people think of. If somebody thinks of the Princeton office, they think of the back door cut going back door. Um, and that's great. I mean, I, we, we talk about this first thing we talk about is going back door, going back door, go back door again, do it again. You know, we, um, talk all the time about, you don't get to do what you want to do until you know what you're supposed to do. You know, you get freedom once you figure out what you're supposed to be doing. Okay. So, um, so and I how think- do you teach that cut? Cause that's been hard for me. Cause I run like a hybrid. Yeah. I mean, I have tendencies of Princeton in my offense. I have tendencies mm-hmm. of read and react yeah. in my offense. I have a little tendencies of dribble drive. It's a little bit of combination of all of them. But so, I have a real so hard back, time teaching them to do that. So going back to what we talked about early, but drills, you know, all of our drills are built around those cuts that we are getting to. You know, we talk about 
we do a one-step setup, not two steps, just, and we talk about the timing of it. I always say it's better to be late than early because if I cut and I'm early and you're not ready to pass me the basketball, then I'm never going to get it. Right? Right. I'm going to be open before you're ready to pass it. The defense is going to recover. But if I cut late, there's still a chance of me being open. You just got to be able to handle it or vice versa. And so we, our drills are kind of built around when you're cutting. And so, um, you know, and so I think the next thing or one of the things that Princeton is built around or known for is kind of getting the ball on the elbow, right? Getting the ball on the elbow. And a lot of times for us, it's the post player, the post player is getting the ball on the elbow. You're bringing the post defender away from the basket and getting the ball to that player. And then you're getting kind of your different movements. You're, you know, if the post gets the ball at the elbow, you know, your point guard is cutting one way. Like we, it's literally the offense is called point for us. And so we call point screen away, point down the middle, point over the top. And so that tells you that's exactly what the point guard is doing once the five man has it. Um, And then you're making your different reads and cuts off of that stuff. And so I think what is difficult about it is that it does take repetition because you have to, you know, everybody kind of has to learn these things at the same time. Right. But going back to, you know, earlier we talked, you know, you said, I listened to one of your podcasts about the read and react. Yep. That's basically what it is, you know, I can call a play or the point guard can call a play. But if you get to the point where you're, you know, um, at Northwestern after a few years or even some teams, if I've got uh, return, you know, veterans that have run this for a little while, we don't have to call stuff. Our point guard is supposed to make this read. If he passes the ball, he passes the ball to the postman at the five and his, his defender jumps to the ball. will then cut to the basket, go down the middle, get a give and go and score a layup. And so all these things um, we're putting in is, you're reacting to what the defense is doing. Um, it's just controlled. It's a controlled motion. It is. And it's like the, the reacting parts, the heart. I mean, I'm trying to teach you how to play. That's what yeah, I tell the yeah, guys. So, I don't want you to be I, a I, robot. Yeah. I think so much of the Princeton was created because, you know, for so many years, you know, man-to-man defense, man-to-man defense, jump to the ball, hand in the passing lane, right? If I'm guarding you and you throw the ball over to the right or left, then I'm jumping that way. Well. If you jump to the ball and I go back door, I'm going to be open for a split second. And so that's kind of where it was built around. And so then you're trying to get the defense uncomfortable. You're trying to get the defense kind of in a scramble mode where somebody, if, if nobody helps, then I'm open. I score a layup. But then if somebody helps, then that's creating chaos. That's creating movement. And the defense is always going to, you're going to lose somebody eventually if the offense has can move the basketball and has right. you, players and talent. Do you find it hard to – I find it hard for the passer to make the pass um, at times, that they're open. Yeah. And they'll see it on film. Yeah. Um, and, again, we're not – we're dealing with – we probably, yeah. as high school coaches, probably deal with a wider range of yeah. abilities. Um, yeah, but I think, I think it just goes back to drilling. And I think okay. it goes back to, like, as a coach – you're not trying to put in 72 different options, right? You're, you're, you're giving, you're giving, you're making a pass and you can even, you don't even have to teach it as an offense. You know, I've been talking to some coaches recently and I say, just teach it as a play, call it head tap, call it chest, call it fist, call it elbow, whatever you want to call it. Well, we, you, you know, call back door. I don't yeah, care. You know, yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yes, absolutely. So just, <laughs> just teach it as a play. And so then you're, you're telling you know, you're telling the guy with the ball to look, okay, this guy's going back door and this guy's popping who's open, throw it to him, you know? And so you're not saying you have, you don't have to see the back door, the pop, the over the ear. And, you know, if you're, 
if you have the opportunity to attack then looking at all those things you know those that kind of comes with getting more comfortable it but does. you start with we, like i said we're at the college level we're saying the first option is backdoor so that's all we're teaching backdoor 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 and then once they get in their head that it's backdoor then we start adding the other things that's after backdoor so let's say you teach backdoor first yep. then what so then it's so we are it kind of depends on whether somebody's dribbling at you so the backdoor if i'm dribbling at you and the, your defender jumps to me you go backdoor okay if i'm okay. dribbling at you and your defender kind of drops into the help drops into the gap you're coming around for the handoff and so we're getting into this kind of weave situation backdoor handoff backdoor handoff backdoor handoff if there's some kind of dribble movement and so and with this can continue I'm dribbling at you and you cut back door. You're not open. That's fine. I go dribble to the next player and then he can do the same. He or she can do the same thing. Go back door, come around for the handoff. Um, if I have the, and how long would that? So let's say, let's say I'm putting that into my offense as a high school coach. That's yep. probably a week's worth of stuff. Just getting good at that. Yes. And so once again, Late. we are building all of this stuff in to, but I think that AAU basketball and even high school basketball, you know, and younger, is teaching more of that. They're teaching the read and react. They're teaching dribble drive. They're teaching right. all those things. And so there's a lot more dribble handoffs in today's basketball, even outside of Princeton, than there was back when I was playing. Right. You know? And so, um, so I think they're getting more comfortable with that. And yeah. so, you know, you're just adding, instead of just giving them total freedom, you're just adding some structure to that. Right. So, but back to the Princeton, like if I'm holding the basketball, then two players are running basically at each other and then one's going back door and one's popping. And so that's kind of the next action that is very, that the Princeton is known for. Okay. Is, and so, and then, so if this guy, and we always say that the guy getting the screen is the one that makes the decision. And so then if he comes and he sees his defender drop, well, then he's not going to cut back door because you're cutting into your defender. You're popping to get that three and then the, the screener is cutting back door you're splitting okay. that screen so and like you, a split screen can you run this can you run this with five out yeah absolutely okay you know and so but it's all i think with the five out it's more of you're getting into the dribble the dribble drive stuff you're getting more into the weave stuff you're getting more into the back door stuff um i think that but i said with our five men now this year he has become such a good shooter. We don't just kind of confine him to the elbow area. We let right. him step out. He can he can stop at the elbow and things happen off of it, but he can also kind of go all the way up and jump stop kind of an inside pivot at the three-point line. And so all of a sudden we're kind of expanding the floor even more. And if his defender doesn't come out, then he's knocking down that shot. You have to come out and defend him there. And it opens things up. It leaves lanes you know, and space. Yep, absolutely. So, so then all of a sudden the five defender – is guarding at the three-point line and trust me talking as a big man we don't like to go out and defend on the three-point line and so then you're opening up the backdoor cuts you're opening up you're creating help situations um and in today's basketball i, I you know i was listening to another podcast you were talking about position as basketball you know right. and players now you know there's not as many 611 guys that just stick to the block you know players can dribble they no, they're can Giannis. And shoot absolutely they're Giannis. he is amazing uh, I love Giannis. Uh, yes, yeah, absolutely. But it's just a matter of, yeah, all of a sudden our five men can shoot the basketball and he can pass and he can dribble. And so then it's just creating, you're trying to create chaos. You're trying to create help situations and take advantage of it. 
Right. No, I agree. So, um, let, so here I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you three things. You can only do three things at your practice. What are the three things you do at your practice? So shoot and shoot a lot. I know a lot of threes. I, I, I know I, it, I'm so bad. That's that's I know. I've gotten better. I I, yeah. I raised a shooter in my house because yeah. I was a shooter. Yeah. So the last couple of years I've been better because he'll come home and go, "We ain't enough shots up today, Dad. Yeah. We ain't enough shots up today." And it's like, yeah, I know. Very I rarely would any of our players say that. So we are shooting, and it and it shows. I mean, I think this year we we shot the most threes and we maybe made the second most, but which you know that's not how you want. But two years ago we shot the most and made the most, and so right. that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we are, we shoot so many threes and we space the floor um, that we are practicing that all of the time in, you know, full court, half court, everything. Okay. Um, I'd say that, you know, once again, we run this Princeton offense, but we play very fast. And so I'd say, you know, half of our stuff comes in transition. And so we play a game we call UCLA and it's just continuous fast break, you know, three on two or four on three uh, with one guy running in, you know, got touch half court and then catch up. You know, yep. and so you're working on defense. So we, I don't know, we call that game UCLA. I'd play that. And then I'd scrimmage. Right. I'd okay. And, you know, it'd be a controlled scrimmage, but I love scrimmaging. Um, we talked about earlier because it's bringing out that competition. All those things would be competitive. And um, I think you're getting, you're doing all aspects of the game. I've always believed in doing things live and doing them like, you know, I'm not a big, and you know, obviously we got to work on some drill stuff, but I like, I like to be able to teach within that. Um, uh, so talk about the, the stereotype of the Princeton offense being a slow down and, and trust me, I live in Wisconsin. Everyone thinks that, you know, Bo Ryan ran a slow down offense. Yeah. He really didn't. No. Yeah. And, so. and, 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 and Dick did a little bit, Bennett, a little bit. Um, but still, they were they were not like, you know, taking it to the two seconds on the shot clock. Yeah. So, so I mean, I would say it's just that's it's just the name. It's the stigma of the name, you know. And so I think that um, one of my teammates, Savars Hardy, is a coach at Loyal Maryland right now. Okay. Um, he was, you know, his last year he was an assistant at Northwestern with Carmody. I think he said that they maybe led the Big Ten in scoring, you know. And so, you know, on the women's side, on the men's side, I've never we've never averaged on the men's side. We've never averaged below 80 points a game. You know, like our, our problem has not been on the offensive end. It's been on the defensive it end. It needs to be rebranded. Yeah, yes, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, <laughs> remember Mike Brown got the the Lakers job for like four days, four games. Uh-huh. And he came in and said, I'm going to run the Princeton. And there was like a player revolt, you know, right. like, you know, Kobe and different players were saying, well, we're not going to do that. Right. Well, but now you see in the league – you know, the Warriors, I mean, the, the Nuggets run it so much. You have you give the Joker the basketball, and then players are cutting off of it. They're running the – Well, the State ran up when, when Steph and all them were – they ran a version of it. It wasn't that. Absolutely. Bad. So, it's like you know, all those so, – fli- yeah. Yep. So, the Washington Wizards a number of years ago had a coach, and they ran it almost primarily, you know, and it was awesome to seeing the best players in the world running it at full speed. You know, that was fun to watch. And so, but yeah, I think it just comes down to calling it the Princeton. It just has that stigma because, because it's just basketball. And it's, once again, you're shooting layups and free throws and threes. That's what today's game is. Right, right. right that's what today's game is. <laughs> and is. you're spacing it the is. floor. And, and I have a whole theory on this, Coach, because I've been yeah. saying this. I don't know if I've put any of these podcasts up. I think the game is going to make another, another pivot in the sense that I think the mid-range. You think so? 
I do. I think it. I think if you can hit a twelve to fifteen footer like a layup, like yeah. I'm just telling kids, if you can do that, you will get open shots. Yeah. So I think, I think <laughs> for for young kids, they need to be there. You don't want to see a fourth and fifth and sixth grader just bombing from twenty five feet. Well, right? They all want to be Steph Curry. They're not well, strong enough. It's throwing everything out. No, I tell people it's a geometry problem. It's like shooting on a fifteen foot basket. Yes, like, absolutely. Like shooting, yeah. It's a geometry problem. Yeah. I didn't let my son. My son's a really good three point shooter. I didn't let him yeah. shoot three until he was in like seventh or eighth grade because yes, he wasn't absolutely. strong enough. Yep, absolutely. And I still had to break his shot down between freshman and sophomore <laughs> yep, year. I had to, yep. we had to retweak it over the summer yep. because they're doing this. Yes, they're not or, or, they're, or they're coming from the hip and going like this, and you're not yeah. supposed to be not a shot put, you know. But and it's so, my theory with it's my theory with it's it's what Princeton did to the game, you know, you know when they when they were doing that offense, you know, yep. 15, 20 years ago. I yeah. think the mid range is just it literally has been lost to the to yeah. the ages. And, and we don't do it. I bet we shot all season. Our entire team, we maybe shot fifty shots between, you know, fourteen feet and eighteen feet. We right. just, we just. Hey everybody, hope you enjoyed that. If you want to support us, you want to help us keep the lights on here at teachups.com, Go over, join fourteen day free trial, and then stop the car. Subscribe, like. Apple five-star review. That would be good. All right. Maybe. Have a good day. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.